morning, everyone. just going to be a very brief um, meeting. Like I said, it's a donor briefing for all the surveys that Afrobarometer has carried out in the last, um, between 20, 20 and 2021. And it is for Afrobarometer round eight survey. So, um, we have a few donors and a few partners, humanitarian agencies, um, stakeholders on this platform this morning, as we will be having this um, briefing, as it were. And we want to appreciate everyone who has taken out time to be a part of this. I know people are PMAs, it's Tuesday morning, so we really are honored to have you this morning join us. Um, we're going to allow everyone to introduce themselves. Um, like I said, I'm from NY Falls, and um, I have a few other colleagues who have joined us today, and um, they're going to also introduce themselves. Um, so let me push it to Ralph to just do a brief introduction of himself before we push it to uh, every other person. Again, you're welcome. Okay, so um, thank you so much, Nelly, for the introduction. My name is Rafael Ndebu. I'm the head of social research at the NRI Post here. I will be um, leading the discussion, and uh, Dr. Chike, our chief executive officer, will join us uh, as we you know, go on with the discussion. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much, Ralph. Um, um, I'm going to push this to Sunday Duntoye. Please, I'd like you to introduce yourself because at some point you're also going to be a part of this conversation. So. Sunday, if you're there, we're handing over to you. Hello, good morning. Great, we can hear you. Okay, that's right. Good morning, everyone. Good to be here this morning. And uh, my name is uh, Sunday Duntoye. Uh, I'm the head of data analytics for NY Post Limited. And uh, that's my brief introduction. We'll come in shortly after that as a time parameter. Thank you. All right. Um, thank you very much, um, Sunday, for that brief introduction. Um, like I said, we're going to cut to the chase, so we'll just go straight into what we're supposed to do. But prior to doing that, I would like to know who and who else is um, joining us this morning. I've seen a few people um, participating already, and I would want to push it to you. Please uh, introduce yourselves one after the other. I know I have uh, more than the NOI participants here. So let's um, let's have Atinuke Odukoya. Please introduce yourself if you can hear me. Okay, good morning, everyone. Um, my name is Atinuke Odukoya, and I'm representing the Encompass team. 
All right, All thank, right you thank you so you much. We appreciate you taking time off to be a part of this. You're welcome. Or we, we also, also have, have Samuel Asimi. Can you please do a proper introduction of yourself? Good morning, everyone. Samuel Asimi is my name. I work for CISLAC. CISLAC is the Civil Society Legislative Advocacy Center. CISLAC is also the national chapter of Transparency International in Nigeria. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, um, Samuel from CISLAC. We appreciate your taking time out to be a part of this. We, we also have, um, let's see who else we have here. Uh, I don't think I can. Okay, there's still a few names out. Can you please introduce yourself also? Hello, are you here, Sandy Alao? Oh, yes. Uh, good morning. <laughs> good morning. Welcome. Thank you very much. Sorry, I I'm just joining in and uh, my network was thundering. No trouble. We just need a brief you... introduction. Oh, that's right. Uh, my name is Sandy Alao. Uh, like you rightly uh, observed, I work with uh, International Republican Institute. I am a senior advisor in the Nigerian office of IRI. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mr. Lau. Thank you for taking our time. I want to say thank you for it, to everyone for being a part of this. Like I said again, it is um, the Afrobarometer donor briefing for round eight. Um, I guess this rounds up the entire round eight um, survey for this season. So I'm grateful that we have everyone here to be a part of this. Um, so we'll, we'll get straight to the business of the day, which would be, um, first, let's, 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 let's have Raphael to do more like a brief um, intro, talk briefly about um, Afrobarometer and what they've been up to, and um, also about NOI poll. Can we have that, um, Raphael, NOI polls, please? So thank you very much, and like again, I said earlier, my name is Rafael Zekwan, the head of sector research and we are close here. Please, you may need to move closer to the mic so I can hear you better. Thank you. So, sorry again, my name is Rafael Mbebo. I work with NYI Post as the head of social research. Can you hear me very well? Yes, this is better now. Okay, thank you so much. Sorry, I didn't know I was muted. So um, we are NOI Post. Uh, we conduct various kinds of public opinion and research, uh, and research activities in Nigeria. We work with government and civil sector organizations as well as other key stakeholders in the country just to provide relevant you know, data that can support uh, some policy decisions in Nigeria. Uh, we are the national partner for Afrobarometer uh, Afrobarometer uh, network. So for Afro, for those of us who doesn't know much about Afrobarometer, Afrobarometer is a Pan-African non-partisan, non-profit research network that measures citizens' uh, attitude on democracy and governance. Uh, so Afrobarometer started in 12 African countries in 1999 and several surveys, several rounds of surveys. So each, you know, each activity, each survey is called a round. So uh, we've gotten to the point of uh, we, we have had eight different uh, 
uh, rounds of survey, which started in 1999 to 2020. So, um, so in, in, as at the time of startup, it was about 12 countries, but in the round eight survey that was conducted in between 2019 and 2020, we had about five countries participating in the survey. So um, the goal of the Afro-Oriental project is to give the public a voice in policymaking by providing high quality public opinion data to policymakers, policy advocates, society organizations, academics, news media, donor agencies and investors and ordinary Africans. You know, relevant data that can support some of those uh, some makings. So the surveys are conducted by national national partners in each country. So how from does is that each country will have national partner representing in that country. So that national partner has the responsibility of providing relevant, you know, questions that can that can be asked. We call it country specific questions. So um, they are the one that take care of. Uh, you know, management of the of data collection analysis in that country. So for Nigeria, we are the national partner for Afrobarometer, NYPOS. So I think that is that, Nelly. Should I go on with other discussion? Uh, okay, I, I think would um I think that that would serve for now. Um we have the CEO NOI polls um just joining us. Um, Dr. Chicken Wangu. So would we'll have him do a proper introduction of himself and give us a brief talk before we continue. Dr. Chike, if you can hear me. Thanks, Nelly. Thanks, everyone. Um, sincere apologies for joining this. I have a bit of um, internet um, connectivity issues. Um, my name is Dr. Chike Wangu. I'm the CEO of NY Pose. And uh, like Ralph had mentioned earlier, NY Pose is a national partner for Afrobarometer, where we tried to, uh, with the goal of conducting um, opinion surveys on democracy and accountability, as well as other issues that are affecting countries in Africa. Um, this, is, uh, this is a donor briefing on the findings of the round eight survey, and we're excited to share the findings and for people to be able to use these findings to, to assess how Nigerians see governance and accountability in the country. At NOI Polls, we're a public opinion and research organization. We've been in existence since 2007, and we do quite a significant amount of topical polls as well as um, uh, as well as sector specific polls, trying to gauge, trying to gauge and understand how people uh, view certain things that affect them with the goal of providing evidence for policymakers and, and ensure that Nigerians are involved in the dialogues of decisions that affect them. Um, like I'm sure Nelly would have mentioned, the idea of this meeting is to present these findings to, to the stakeholders in the country and uh, the findings of course will be shared and encourage them to interrogate the data and see how this can be used to um, push um, policy that would be favorable to, to Nigerians to also understand which areas that people are having issues to, uh, people are having issues and where people want government to address the issues that they have. Um, I'm, sure would, I'm sure we're looking forward to um, interesting questions and on the, on the findings when they are presented and we we'll, we'll look forward to answering them. Happy to be here and happy to see everyone here. Thank you. All right, thank you very much, Dr. Chike. That's um, the CEO 
NOI polls, Dr. Chike Wangu. Thank you very much, sir. All right, um, just before we continue, we have um, Stanley Ebe here. Um, would want you to do a brief introduction of yourself before we go on to the business of the day. Stanley, if you're here, please let's um, hear you. Hello, good morning. Good morning, we can hear you loud and clear. Yeah, my name is Stanley. I'm with the Open Society Justice Initiative. Glad to be here. All right, um, thank you very much, Stanley. We are honored to actually have you here this morning. Take time out of your very busy schedule. Thank you very much. All right, so we get into it. Um, Dr. Chicken Wangu will start with a presentation um, looking at the summary of results from the Afrobarometer Round 8 survey. Uh, we'll start with him and then we'll push it over to Rafael Mbebu who would continue from wherever it is that he stops. And um, when we're done with that, we'll also do, we'll also have a few more minutes for questions and answer before we wrap up. So I'll push the ball to Dr. Chike's um, table. We'll start the presentation. Now, Dr. Chike, um, over to you. Um, all right, thanks, thanks, Nelly. Um, I'll be telling you when to, to move to the next slide. Um, so this is a present, can I have the previous slide, please? This, this is a presentation that is going to cover citizens' view on corruption, the economy, security, Nigeria international relations, and the influence on the, um, on the economy. Uh, we'll be presenting a summary of results, and then we'll go into each of the specific um, portions of the survey. So next slide. So at a glance, um, when we look at uh, government, government performance in fighting corruption, um, from our survey, we found that fewer than three in 10 citizens, we're talking about only 28% of Nigerians say that the government is doing fairly well or very well in fighting corruption. Half of the proportion who said government was doing, this is half than half of the proportion who said government was doing a good job in 2017. So obviously there's been a decline. Hello, um, Dr. Chike, if you can hear us, I think we lost you there. Fighting corruption, economic okay. condition, again, only one third, but that's fairly good or very good. Okay, can you, hear, can yes. you hear me? Yes, we can hear you loud and clear. Okay, so I'm going to go back to, um, just to run through the, uh, what I said earlier. So I think last I was saying that the government performance in fighting, we've got government performance in fighting corruption, that fewer than three in 10 citizens, only 28% say the government is doing fairly well and very well in fighting corruption and this is less this is about half of the proportion that said government was doing a good job in 2017. when it comes to the country's economic condition only one-third or three percent of Nigerians describe the country's economic conditions as fairly good or very good and when it comes to security concerns most nigerians 85 percent are concerned about kidnappings an attempted kidnapping in their states, although almost two-thirds, 64%, are satisfied with efforts of the authorities to resolve the problem. Um, I don't know if Ralph had presented the timing of this survey. Uh, this survey was conducted in January of 20. The field work was done in January of 2020, so maybe these opinions have changed, but we kind of still think that the issues that were found are still relevant at this moment. Next slide, please. Um, 
this is a brief view of the countries that Afrobarometer cover. Um, as an Afrobarometer that currently covers uh, 38 countries in Africa. And these 38 countries have had several rounds of surveys. Nigeria has been part of Afrobarometer from the first round of the surveys to this round eight that we're looking at now. Next slide. Um, a brief overview of the method. So what is done usually is that we to um, use a nationally representative sample of adult citizens. All, this, all the respondents are randomly selected and this allows anyone and everyone to be part of the um, sample. The sample is distributed across regions, states, and urban and rural areas in proportion to their share in the national population. And every adult citizen has an equal chance of being selected. The survey methodology is face-to-face -face interview in the language of the respondent's um, choice. We use a standard questionnaire and this allows comparisons across countries and over time. For this round, each survey, the sample size in Nigeria was 1,599 adult citizens. And it gives us a margin of error of plus or minus 2.5 percentage points at a, and a 95% confidence, confidence level in our findings. Fieldwork for round eight in Nigeria was conducted between 20th January and 14th February of 2020. Next slide. If we look at the survey demographics, we spoke to 50% of our respondents were men. These are all rounded figures. 50% um, of our respondents were men, 50% were women, 42% urban, 58% rural. With regards to education, 18% of our respondents had no formal education, 16% had primary education and 39% had secondary education, whereas 27% had post-secondary education. With regards to, uh, to religion, 51% were Christian, 48% were Muslims, and 1% identified as other religion. Next slide. Uh, I'll go through the findings and um, I'll go through the section on perceived corruption and popular trust. At a glance, the key findings for uh, regards to corruption and popular trust, plus six in 10 Nigerians, 56% say that the level of corruption in the country has increased somewhat or a lot over the previous year. Perceptions of increased corruption grew by 13 percentage points between, 27, between 2017 and 2020. This is reversing a drastic improvement, improvement between the previous rounds. Six in 10 Nigerians, again, 61% say most or all police are corrupt. Four in 10 see widespread corruption among members of parliament, 43%, and local government councillors, 40%. Among Nigerians who had contact with key public services, the most frequent experience of paying bribe was among citizens who wanted assistance from the police. The one we're trying to say that 76% of them said they paid a, paid a bribe at, at least once to police. Or those that wanted to avoid a problem with the police, 68%. So we can see that it's really, um, this, these are their issues with, um, with police, uh, with the police, um, Force. Four in 10, 40% paid a bribe to obtain identity cards, while quarter, 25% of you are paid a bribe for school services or medical care, 21%. Next slide. Um, so looking in details, you see uh, the pie chart. The question was, in your opinion, over the past year, has the level of corruption in this country increased, decreased, or stayed the same? You see that 56% said it has increased somewhat or a lot, um, whereas only 25% said it has decreased somewhat or a lot. And 19% either said that the corruption stayed the same, or they refused to answer the question, or I said they don't know. Next slide. 
Um, when we look at level of corruption by demographic groups, the question again is, in your opinion, over the past year, has the level of corruption in the country increased, decreased, or stayed the same? And we're looking at the percentage of those who said increased a lot or, or increased somewhat. So when it comes to age grade, um, for those 56 years and above, 60% said it has increased a lot or somewhat. Uh, 35 to 55 years, 54% said yes, it's increased. And then 56% uh, among those aged 18 to 35 years, we can see that there isn't um, a lot of significant difference across the age groups, but majority of them do say that it has increased a lot or somewhat. When it comes to poverty, so we categorize poverty into four levels. High-lived poverty, this is, this is a based on lived poverty to high, moderate, low, and no-lived poverty. You see, interestingly, that for those that have high-lived high, high poverty, that 68% um, of them said, yes, corruption has increased. Um, again, if you compare to those that no-lived poverty, 53% of them said it has increased. So it's only the low people, maybe they didn't have a lot of contact with, uh, with government officials, but majority still say that it has increased. Uh, with regards to education, there isn't much um, significant difference between um, primary, secondary, or post-secondary education. However, um, fewer people with no formal education said it has, um, it has increased. Uh, there's no difference between men and women in terms of their perceptions of level of corruption in Nigeria. When we look at the, 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 um, the regions of the country, we can see there's a clear difference between perceptions of level of corruption between the South and the North. 61% of those in the South said that corruption has increased, whereas only 44% of those say corruption has decreased for those that live in the North. Um, this is an interesting finding anyway. But for rural-urban, uh, marginal difference between rural and urban settings with people in the urban, re urban region saying that poverty has, sorry, corruption has increased um, a lot somewhat. Next slide, please. If we look at the trends in terms of level of corruption, again, um, we're looking at three, three um, data points, 2014, 2017, and 2020. And the question was, in your opinion, over the past year, the level of corruption in this country increased, decreased, or stayed the same. And you kind of see that there's a very, um, there's a reversal in the trend. Between 2014 and 2017, it had dropped from 75% saying, yes, it has increased a lot, 43%, but that number has now increased to 56% in 2020. Next slide. So when we asked who is corrupt, and the question is, how many of the following people do you think are involved in corruption, or haven't you heard enough about them to see? Um, so they, we're, we're focusing the chart, we're focusing on those that said all, most, all or most, and some. So we're looking at people that said, yes, this, this um, level of people in the police are corrupt. We're looking at people that say, all of the, for example, the first, um, the first group of people is police. So as it is saying, all of police is, is corrupt or some of the police is corrupt. And we can see that the highest level of corruption that we have were in, um, were 
high level of corruption that we have were more police, um, with 61% saying all or most police are corrupt, and an additional 51% saying some of police are corrupt, making a total of 8% of our respondents think that the police, are, that some of the police or all of the police are corrupt. Members of parliament, uh, for 3% all, 41% some. I'm just going to be saying the total just for the sake of time. We can see the breakdown from the chart. So for members of parliament, it's 4%. Of our respondents said that they some or all or most and some of them are corrupt. Um, local government councillors, 84%. Um, another 84% for state governments and state governors and officials in the office. Judges and magistrates, 83%. State assembly members, 84%. Um, president and officials in his office, 83%. Local government chairpersons and their officials, 83%. Tax officials, 80%, civil servants, 83%. Um, however, the lower figures were among religious leaders, 74%, and 71% uh, for traditional leaders. I think it's it's, 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 it's it's safe enough to say that most many Nigerians think that all these um, public office holders, uh, some of them or all of them are corrupt. Next slide, please. However, that being said, if we look at the trend analysis from 2012 to 2020, we can actually see that um, perception of corruption among police um, is dropping. We are looking at the question where particular respondents are answered most or all. Perceived corruption among the police has been dropping from 78% in 2012 to 72 to 68, and finally to 61% in um, 2020. But again, the question that we're asking is, the response that we're looking at here is proportion of those that said most or all of the police are corrupt. Next slide. So we did ask paid bribes to assess public services. Um, we can see the question is, um, have you had, con the first question was, have you had contact with key public officials, key public services during the previous year? For those that answered yes, we now asked, how often, if ever, did you have to pay bribe, give a gift, or do a favor for a public official to obtain the needed assistance or avoid problems? Um, if, just note that this does not include those that said that they had no contact. These are for those that had contact. And you find out that to receive police assistance, 30% paid bribe, as in paid bribe um, once or twice, 20% um, paid a few times and 26% were often paid bribes. So all in all, we had 76% um, had of people paying bribe for some amount of time to obtain to access public services. Also to avoid problems with police, 26, 17 and 25%. Um, for identity documents, 21% said they paid bribe once. This might, this might have to do with the frequency of how they request this document. Um, so in a way to interpret this, we also have to bear in mind that um, a police assistance and problem about police might be occurring a lot more often than these other, um, these other services. Um, we regards for school services, 15% paid a bribe once, 7% a few times and 3% often. Whereas for medical care, 12%, surprisingly, 12% paid the bribe to assess medical care um, at least once or twice, um, a few times, 6% and 3% paid bribe often. Next slide, please. 
Um, so I'll take um, trust in officials and fellow citizens and then hand over to, to Ralph to take over for the next um, sections. Um, next slide. The key findings from this is that religious leaders and traditional leaders are the most trusted leaders in Nigeria. Our ranking elected leaders, such as the president, state government, governors, local government councillors, members of the state house of assembly, and members of parliament. Only 7% say most people can be trusted. So there is a real issue with trust in Nigeria. Next slide. And so the question here was, how much do you trust each of the following or haven't you had enough to say about them or not? So the Green Bar represents those that say that they trust the, um, the category of people somewhat a lot and those that little that trust just a little or not at all. And you can see from the, from the chat that um, religious leaders, 61% of people trust religious leaders somewhat a lot. Um, 54% trust traditional leaders. Then the number starts coming down. 44% say they trust the army. 39% trust the presidency. 38% trust their state governors. It keeps on going down courts of law. So in that sequential order, president, state governor, courts of law, electoral commission, 30%, elected government, sorry, elected local government councils, 28%. Ruling party, 28%, State House of Assembly, 27%, National Assembly or Members of Parliament, 25%, Tax and Revenue Office, 24%, um, Police, 24%, and interestingly, 24% trust opposition political parties. That's, that's very interesting and a bit surprising. Um, moving on to the next slide. Trust in fellow citizens. And the question here, and this is, this is the key takeaway for me and something that we need to all reflect on. Generally speaking, would you say that most people can be trusted or that you have to be very careful in dealing with people? And 92% of our respondents said that you must be very careful. That's really shocking. Only 7% say that most people can be trusted. 92% say you must be very careful with when you're dealing with uh, people. Next slide. Um, for the role of government and media and individuals in corruption, I think I'll hand over to Ralph to, to, to continue from here. Thank you, everyone. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Chike, for that uh, presentation. So moving into the role of media, uh, we have key findings here. Two and three in 10 Nigerians, 20% said the government is doing fairly well or very well in fighting corruption. So also have another interesting finding here compared to 2017, the, the proportion of uh, who say the government is doing a good job in fighting corruption has dropped by half. That's from 59% uh, to 58% after, after the score of 20% uh, in 2014. Eight in 10 Nigerians, 83% said ordinary citizen risk retaliation or other negative consequences if they report incident of corruption. A slight increase compared to 2017 final, which is uh, 77%. 78% of citizens agree or strongly agree that the, new media, that the news media should constantly investigate and report on government mistakes and corruption.
So we have analysis here on government performance in the fight against corruption. We had asked Nigerians how well or badly we say the current government is handling the following matters or haven't you had enough to say? So we had question on fighting corruption. So analysis by, by age shows, and we have analysis by age. So I'm going to, because of my presentation, I, I'm going to see some earlier information, but I can, I can talk about leave, uh, high leave poverty and moderate leave poverty. So uh, looking at the poverty rate of respondents, we see that majority, which is a, which is those who live and uh, who have uh, who live in the low leave poverty, that's seven percent, having the highest of those who say the government is actually fighting the corruption well. So looking at the data across uh, the demographic areas we use, looking at education and uh, by gender. So how uh, interestingly here in the southern Nigeria and the northern Nigeria, we try to divide the states in the by 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 regions, you see that majority of the of, of the results is actually coming out from those who, who live in the northern Nigeria who say the government is actually doing a good job in the fight against corruption. So analysis. Excuse me. Okay, government performance in fighting corruption. So analysis of government performance in the fight against corruption. We tried to do a trend analysis from 2008 to 2020. You could see that. Um, so the question was, how well or badly will you say the current government is handling the following matters? Or haven't you had enough to say fighting corruption? So the same question we try to do analysis by 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 different rounds of survey. So we have fairly fairly well those who say fairly well or very well, and fairly badly or very badly. So um, for those who say the who said government is actually fighting the corruption, you see that the, like, there was a, a drop from 2008 to 2012, and then since then there have been uh, from 2014 we have significant increase. And then in 2017, we had 58%, 59% of Nigerians who say, who say government is doing fairly well or, or fairly or very well. Then that from 2017 to 2020, we see that the sharp decrease number of those who said the government is actually doing it very well or fairly well in the fight against corruption, which 28% at the start. However, we still have uh, populations who say the government is doing badly or fairly uh, badly. So you can see that about 70% in 2020 are saying that Nigeria, uh, the fight against corruption by government is actually very, uh, is not acceptable. So looking at risk of retaliation for reporting corruption. Again, we tried to do a trend analysis between 2017 and 2020, the second to the last one and the last one we did. So we, we asked in, in this country, can ordinary people report incidents of corruption without fear? Or do they risk retaliation or other negative consequences if they do speak out of anything? So we found out that in 2017, we had uh, people who about 20% who say that 
stable can report without any fear. But in 2019, 2020, we had a significant sharp increase to, to, to 77% of Nigerians who say people uh, fear retaliation or risk of reporting. So that shows that people don't come out you know, to report incidents of corruption or any, any, any concern of theirs. So we have questions about support for the media, media as well as a watchdog in the country. So again, we try to do a trend analysis of the findings. So the question again was, which of the following statements is close to your view? Statement one, the news media should constantly investigate and report on government mistakes and corruption. They will have another statement two, too much reporting of negative events like government mistakes and corruption only harm the, the country. So we try to pull out uh, responses of those who, who, who agree or strongly agree with each of the statements. So for those who said the media should constantly investigate and report on government mistakes and corruption has about 77% in, in 2018. And in, 20, in 2008 and in 2020, it incre increased to 76%. That shows a significant increase in that regard. And again, for those who, who feel too much reporting of negative events like government mistakes and corruption may, may, may you know, result to negative consequences also, although half and 21%, which is not uh, very, very strong, but then is an important uh, findings we can display here. So the next session is, is views on the country's economic conditions. We have some key findings here. The proportion of citizens who think the country is going in the wrong direction remains high, 69%. Only one, only one third of Nigerians at 3% describe the country's economic condition as fairly good or very good. A slightly higher proportion at 39% say their personal living conditions are fairly good or very good. So we have asked Nigerians, will you say that the country's the country is going the wrong direction or going the will you say that the country is going in the wrong direction or going in the right direction? So that was the question we asked, and we tried to do a trend analysis of findings compared to what we had in 2014. So for those uh, we we had about in, in 2020. Uh, Majority of Nigerians, 69% say the country is going in the wrong direction compared to what we had in 2017, which, which, which read about 63% of Nigerians. So that is a significant increase on people who are population of Nigerians who say that the country is going in the wrong direction. And for, for, for those who say Nigeria is going in the wrong, in, in the right direction, again, the, the, the arrow went down further from 37% in 2017 to 2020, which is 29%. So, so largely, majority of Nigerians are saying the country is currently going in the wrong direction. Views on the country's economic condition. 
Again, we try to do another trend analysis of our results we've got. We, we, we have affirmative that have in, in, the, in various rounds. Re respondents were asked if, so in their view, let's discuss economic conditions. In general, how would you describe the present economic condition of the country? From 2008 to 2020, the trend analysis, we have those who said fairly bad or very bad and fairly good and very and very good. These are the ones we're able to want to pull out for you to see. And uh, in 2020, we have 58% who say Nigeria is, the country is, uh, the economic condition of the country is fairly bad or very bad. Against that 3% in 2020 who said the economic condition of the country is fairly good and very good. Because see that there's the same can't take difference in the two findings. So we try to assess, uh, uh, we try to assess uh, citizens' personal living condition in the survey. Respondents were asked, let's discuss economic conditions. In general, how would you describe your own present living condition? So we you know, the last slide I shared was the economic condition of the country, but here I will ask them to, uh, to express their views about their personal living conditions. Again, we have fairly bad and very bad and fairly good and very good. So um, as you can see, the, the arrow for those who are saying the, their personal living condition is very good is actually going down. And the arrow for those who say that their, their personal living condition is actually going up. So you can see that in, in, in 2020, that's only 39% of Nigerians say their, their personal living condition is, is very good or fairly good. While majority, less than half, for 7% said their, their, their personal living condition is very bad or fairly bad. And this, you can see the, the, the trend analysis across different years that the survey, this, this question was asked. So we have, some, we have some questions that we ask about security concerns of, of citizens. Here are some of the key findings. Most Nigerians, 85% are concerned about kidnapping and attempted kidnapping in their states. Although almost a third, 64% are satisfied with effort by the authorities to resolve the problems. This is, these are findings as at the time of this survey. It's possible something, some things have changed within that, from that time to now. Another bullet there said Nigerians said unemployment, poverty, and religious belief are the three top reasons why people join extremist group. Among those who have heard of the conflict between farmers and herders, an overwhelming majority, 88%, say they are somewhat or very concerned about the issue. In response to the recent attack on Nigerian living in South Africa, majority of citizens want governments to, one, implement diplomatic pressure, sanctions against South Africa. That's stood at 63%. 56% said increase, increase trade restrictions with South Africa. Another 56% again said limits South Africans' entry to Nigeria and limit Nigerian traveling to South Africa stood at 
These are some of the things the things Nigerians want the government to do. Here are their findings on kidnapping. So we we'll asked Nigerians, how concerned are you about the problem of kidnapping and attempted kidnapping in your states? Majority of respondents, 85% say somewhat concerned, say they are somewhat concerned or very concerned. 30% said not, they are not very concerned, not at all concerned. Only 2% refuse to respond to that question or, or, or say they don't know what to say. So we had a question, we had some question again about um, what people think about the police. Are the police and authorities doing enough to prevent kidnapping? So here we try to find out from Nigerians their thought about the effort of the police in the fight against kidnapping. So we asked, do you think that the police or state authorities are doing enough to respond to or prevent the problems of kidnapping and rescue victims? Majority of the respondents, 64 percent authorities are doing enough. 29% said authority is not doing enough. 27% refused to respond to that question or do not have much to say. Support for extremist group. So we asked how many of the following people do you think are involved in supporting and assisting the extremist group that have launched attacks and kidnapping in Nigeria, or haven't you had enough to say? So half majority of the respondents who said most of them, the international extremist group said, so, so that's 7% of Nigerians said the international extremist group, you know, supports the, the extremist groups in, in the country. We have uh, another, 30% who said senior federal central government officials are supporting these groups. Members of the National Assembly have 29%. The military, Nigerians also said the military 29% supports the extremist group. Ordinary Nigerians in 4%. Religious leaders 23%. Local government officials in another 23%. And traditional leaders are 23%. These are people or group of persons Nigerians feel are supporting or involved or assisting the extremist groups that have launched attacks and kidnapping them in the Nigerian state. So as Nigerians, in your opinion, what is the main reasons why some Nigerians join extremist groups? Unemployment had at seven percent. So most of the most of the respondents at seven percent said unemployment or lack of opportunities made young people or people to join extremist group. The twenty-nine percent mentioned poverty as the as the reasons why people join extremist group. Religious religious belief was also mentioned that some people join extremist group because of their religious belief. Lack of education was also mentioned. That's with that 7%. The sense of injustice or mistreatment of their community by government had 5%. Government ineffectiveness at 5%. And cohesion at 
So we try to assess the uh, performance of the, the military in the fight against the insurgents. So we asked, how would you rate the performance of the Nigerian armed forces in handling the insurgency in the Northeast out of the country compared to 12 months ago? This is as of the time of this survey. So we have a assessment. So 49% said better, much better. 20% said the situation remained the same. 21% said worse, said it has gotten worse or much worse. 6% refused to respond to that question. So I'm trying to see the headline of this. Okay, how about conflict between farmers and herders? How much in how much pattern have you heard about the conflict between farmers and herders in this country? So we try to ask Nigerians about the awareness of the, the, the farmers clash, farmers and herders clash in the country. So majority, 44% say they have had a lot. 24% say they have had some information about it, and 18% said a little information about it. Only 13% said not at all, or don't know, meaning that many Nigerians, if you add those who said a lot, some, and a little, you add them together, it shows that many Nigerians are aware of, uh, of have heard about the conflict between farmers and herders in the country. Concern about conflict between farmers and herders. So after being aware of the, 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 the farmer clash in the country, so we went further to ask them about their, if they are concerned about the, the issue. So we asked them, how concerned are you about the conflict between farmers and herders? So we try to, um, so the figure exclude those who have not had, so, so we did not, so it's only those who actually said they are aware of or they've heard about the cloud and went for that to act this way. So it actually is good those who haven't heard anything about that, uh, this very issue of a uh, farmer headers conflict. So half majority of Nigerians, 88% who say somewhat concerned are very concerned. Only 11% said not very concerned, not at all concerned. Meaning that Nigerians are concerned about the current fight, the current clash between farmers and headers in the country. Awareness of government's plan to establish sugar settlements. So this, again, this survey was asked when uh, we, when the country, you know, had it as a, as a, as a polling issue and at the time of this survey. So asked Nigerians, have you heard about the federal government plans to establish rural grazing area, otherwise called Ruga settlement for animal herders in, the, in all the states? But majority of Nigerians say they've not heard about Ruga settlement. 60%, but 5% said they've heard about two, only 4% refused to respond to that question or do not have much to say. Support for the plan and the staff. So those who said they've heard about it, who asked them if they support the plan to establish Ruga settlement in Nigeria. So how, although there's not much difference in the, in the findings, 50% of, of the respondents said they support the plan for Ruga settlement. 7% said they did not support the plan for Ruga settlement. 
anticipated efforts uh, of rural settlement. So ask again, do you agree or disagree with each of the following statements? Again, this figure excludes those who have not heard about rural settlements. Ruga will burden people in agricultural regions to accommodate herders, 50%. Ruga will, 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 so we have those who said agree, strongly agree, or those who you know, disagree or strongly disagree. Here we have a 50% who say Ruga will, who agree to the statement that Ruga will burden people in agricultural regions to accommodate herders, and about 50%. Then Ruga will cause more conflict between herders and farmers at 48%. And another proportion again for 3% who say Ruga will reduce clash between herders and farmers in the country. So again, we have uh, another uh, this set of people who strongly disagree or, or disagree. So we, we try again to, to ask about Nigeria to ask Nigerians about the awareness of uh, the xenophobic attack in South Africa, which at the time of this survey was a burning, uh, was a burning issue. So we, we, the question we asked was, have you heard about the attacks in recent months in South Africa against Africans from other countries, including Nigerians? We have major people, 48% who said they've not heard about xenophobic attack and another for seven percent very close to each other said they've had a positive attack in South Africa. Only five percent refused to to respond to that question or do not have much to say. So, so, so those who said they've heard about it about this xenophobic attack in South Africa we ask them um what they what they think was the cause of some of those uh, attacks. So here are the so in your opinion we ask them Ask them your opinion, what is the main cause of this attack on Nigeria living in South Africa? About 7% of respondents said the feeling that Nigerians are out and other foreigners are competing with South Africans for jobs. Had that 7%. And perceived involvement of Nigerians in fraud or other financial scams or criminal activities had 15%. Perceived involvement of Nigerians in illicit drugs peddling had 13%. Resentment of economic success of Nigeria and South Africa had 20%. And South Africans' general dislike for citizens of other countries had 10%. So these are, these are reasons Nigerians feel this uh, caused this xenophobic uh, attack in South Africa. Response to xenophobic attack in South Africa. So we ask again, in, in response to recent attack on Nigerians living in South Africa, would you agree or disagree that the Nigerian government should take the following steps? So this, these are statements. So have those who, who agree on, or strongly agree and disagree and strongly disagree. One is government should implement diplomatic pressure or sanctions against South Africa. That came highest, 63%. Followed by 58, 56%, who say government should increase trade restrictions on South Africans. Another 56% again say government should limit entry of South Africans into Nigeria. And 55% say government should limit Nigerians traveling to South Africa. So these are measures that are both 50% each. Nigerians are saying that um, the government should, uh, you know, should put in place in response to the 
attack on Nigerians living in South Africa. So we try to ask some questions about Nigerian and Nigerian international relations with other countries. We ask Nigerians, in your opinion, which of the following countries, if any, would you would be the best model for future development of our country? Or is there some other countries in Africa elsewhere that should be our model? So, so we listed out some countries and the United States of America had that 6% of Nigerians who say America should be used as a model, as best model for development. 28% say China should be used as best model for development. 5% say Britain. 1% say the South Africa, other countries, other countries, United uh, Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, Egypt had 1% respectively. So largely, most of the respondents said United States, China should be used as best model for development, as well as 5% who said return. External influence, positive or negative influence. So we asked, in general, do you think that the economic and political influence of each of the following countries organizations is mostly positive or negative or haven't you heard about the say so um we have some those who say somewhat positive or very positive or somewhat negative and very negative who after this conversation we'll be sending you a more detailed uh, charts on this very on this on this uh, particular uh, topic Nigerian international relations will have more detailed uh, uh, presentations on this. Maybe in the course of the discussion, or even after the discussion, we can we can forward to you more detailed analysis on some of the findings. But here, we just have this to present to you. So um, we have a fifty-five percent of Nigerians of, of respondents who say United Nations, United Nations agencies, and then ECOWAS had 55, another fifty-five percent, and the uh, African Union had the 3%. On the countries, where Nigerians think uh, that the economic and political influence of, of the, of, of the, the where Nigerians think the economic and political, uh, the country Nigerians think has greater economic and political influence in the country. United States came highest, 62%. China also came, you know, 62%, although, these are we try to we try to you know put this together, but the findings here show that China and United States have uh, you know equal uh, score in this regard. Then followed by Britain, three percent. Russia had that nine, that six percent, and the uh, regional supervisors superpowers had uh, that six percent. And we have some other some other respondents we say somewhat negative or very negative. So these are some of the findings we have for this uh, uh, for this presentation. Like I said earlier, we have a more detailed analysis. Depending on the topic you're more interested in, we can still do a more flexible or more detailed analysis and then present you if need be. Thank you very much. Many of you. Um. 
All right, Ralph, um, thank you so much for that. Um, it was quite um, detailed. Thank you, Ralph, for that presentation. Also, thank you, Dr. Chike, for the presentation also. And that has been um, the survey for round eight. Um, and it's um, from the presentation, it covers a wide range of sectors um, from perception of corruption among the police, uh, which is something we um, dealt with um, in Nigeria in the last uh, few months. A lot of issues around the police. We've looked at taxation. Um, the survey also covers economic life, crime and security. And, you know, the crime and security and, and concerns on kidnap has actually been a major issue in the front burner in Nigeria in recent times uh, with the kidnapping and um, issues around uh, farmer heather clashes and, and, and all of that. So these for us are major issues for conversation moving forward. I, I think in the, in the next few months or probably the whole year, we'll still be talking about this. The, the findings also cover issues on you know, public service and government performance. It covers issues on rule of law, then development and international relations. So this is actually, um, actually very um, robust. So I would uh, ask that you take a look at it. Um, over again, and I hope it will guide conversations uh, and, and a lot more research is moving forward. So this, this is about all um, for the survey, uh, donor briefing for Afrobarometer Round 8 survey. Um, so we'll take a few question and answers. Uh, we see we, we've practically run out of time yet. We'll take a few questions and answers. Um, while in the middle of the presentation, we had a lot of other people um, who tried to get in, who got into, um, who got into the chat room. Uh, we might not be able to take everybody's name. I know we have um, Josephine from Afrobarometer represented here. Um, there is also Miriam McGrath. Um, we have, I mean, it's a long list. <laughs> we have Vaclav Prusa. Um, there's, um, well, we, we, we have a, a, a very long list. Amarachi Onyava, we can see you. Miriam McGrath, thank you for joining in. Um, so we'll take this time to um, take questions and answers from anyone who would like to get involved. Uh, Miriam McGrath, um, I'm looking at the, the chat messages. She says, do you have a, the trends for this year on, on year? Do you have the trends for this year? please that was, that, was, that was the last slide showing um the influence of different countries okay that that slide where you've got that going back a few years okay uh would would have rough respond to that i think that that would be quite helpful to see kind of changing influences over time yeah, yes, we do have, but we, we, we don't have it at the moment. So we, we can do that and send it to okay, everyone. You. That would be excellent. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much, Miriam, for that. Okay. Um, let's take the question and answer. Let's see who have questions, please. See if we can do that in the next, uh, within the next five minutes so we can wrap up this um, meeting. So please just ask your questions if you have any to ask. Samuel, you have a question? Can we hear yes, you? Yes, please. All right, thank you. Um, 
thank you very much for the presentation. I think thanks to Ralph and his colleague for that. Um, my question is, um, looking at the corruption barometer that's the one released by Transparency International in 2019, uh, which uses uh, your data from Afrobarometer, NGOs were measured looking at corruption uh, by institutions and entities. When this, um, your the presentation share with us, I can't find that. I don't know if you might have any response to that or maybe they were omitted. Then um, the second one is more like a, a comment. Uh, looking at the whole chat, it seems to me like things have gotten a bit worse again because from 2014, I think it got better 2017, talking about corruption per institution. And now it seems to have fallen down towards those ways. The numbers for the institutions are pretty high. Do you have any form of chats where we just uh, see them, maybe they are shared between this whole, uh, talking about institution, corruption by institution, if you have any chat where we could see them per year, I think that would be helpful. Then lastly, have you done any, um, uh, have you tried to, just also a comment, have you tried to compare this with the UNODC corruption survey conducted in 2019, maybe to see if there are areas of um, mutual overlapping interest and benefits. Thank you very much. All right, so between um, Ralph and um, Dr. Chike, um, any of you can respond to that question. Hi. Maybe I could come in and answer the question on the corruption barometer. All right, just that we. Hi. So, um, um, Afrobarometer had a sort of partnership with Transparency International, where we collect the data and then they use it for the corruption barometer. But it's, um, I think we should be mindful of the rounds. So by round, we mean that, you know, Afrobarometer is conducted in more than 30 countries. And so each round means that we collect all the data, the data in all these countries. When we are done with that round, we move on to the next round. So um, for the corruption barometer, we had to finish, but a very recent one that Transparency International released, I think in 2019, we had to have finished one round of survey before they could put that um, corruption barometer together. So the very recent one that was like 2019 actually reflects the Afrobarometer data that was collected in our seventh round of surveys, which was um, so across about 34 African countries between September 2016 and September 2018. So that was for round seven. So it was our round seven data collected between 2016 and 2018 that was used for the um, perception barometer. Now, um, this findings that uh, NOI post is sharing is from our eighth round of surveys that was conducted, I think, in late 2019. Please correct me if I'm wrong. January 2020. January 2020. So, um, and sometimes we, 
So I think if we go back to our round seven survey, then we'd find something on NGOs. But in this present round of surveys, which was conducted in January 2020, we do not have any question on the NGOs. That's why we are not showing you that. All right, thank I you so I'm much Afro for that. Um, just thing. That's just thing from Afrobarometer Ghana. Thank you so much. All right, we'll still take more questions. Um, please just um, signify if you have a question so we could uh, wrap up this question and answer session. Uh, thank you. I may have a question. Uh, Václav Prusha, Governance Advisor, seconded by the German Development Corporation. But right, thanks for- Thank you for coming. Thanks for this very impressive presentation, very wide ranging. My question is um, not so much on, on the findings and methodology, which I really find interesting and, and very valid. Uh, it's more on the policy uptake. Uh, sorry, I was uh, late. I am not sure if you commented on it. What do you plan uh, to disseminate the data, especially to government officials? I think there is potential in it. The data is actually not that unfriendly to the government. I'm sure the villa will be very impressed by the lack of trust in the opposition. Uh, but there is also some very constructive data around the conflict and all the uh, other elements. But of course, the data has to be used somehow. So what, are there some plans? If not, is it possible to discuss with you guys how we can use the data to, to work with the government or even the non-governmental organizations that it actually leads uh, to, uh, to uh, something constructive. Thank you very much. All right, thank you very much, Vaclav. Um, before I allow any other person to respond to that, um, with respect to governments, uh, I, I think majorly for now we deal with the media. Uh, the, the media actually, the, the essence of working directly with the media on pushing out information is that they, they help with um, not just on analyzing the information, but putting out those information. And uh, we cannot determine how the government uh, reacts to the data results and, and all of that. But when this information is put out, then it gives them some clarity as to what we're dealing or what they are dealing with in terms of, you know, putting up policies, in terms of, you know, dealing with the perception of people as regards whatever the findings are. Um, if there's a direct um, way we can work with the government on this, um, maybe it's something would um, I'll throw I'll leave that to every other person to respond. Okay, maybe to add to that, so um, as part of Afrobarometer's protocols, I think government is actually the first um, agency that we share the findings with. So. Um, um, Nelly, I don't know if you remember, but before we went public with our findings, um, not more than 24 hours before we went public, we shared highlights of most of the key findings with government. Because one, the main aim of collecting Afrobarometer data is to ensure that the citizens' voices are heard and they sort of reflect in policy making. And so government needs to know what the citizens want, needs to know how the citizens assess them, and the citizens' expectations from them. And also the second reason is that before, when we go public to the media, the CSOs, they run with the data, they have this sort of advocacy with the data. And so they come back to government to demand questions, to demand answers to some of the issues that we raise. And so it's just out of courtesy that we let government know that, okay, in the next 24 hours, 
this is the kind of data that we are going to start sharing in batches. So um, we had our first government briefing and it's something that we've been doing consistently across the countries. In Ghana, for instance, not only do we engage government, we also engage the leading opposition party because it's always, um, and if you follow Ghanaian politics, it's always either one party or the other. So we think that regardless of whichever party comes in power, they should have a fair idea of what the citizens want so that the citizens' voices feed into their policy making. So we continue to engage governments. Aside the um, confidential briefing that we have, we are always open to um, give them special forms of analysis if they request it, or if we see that there are some issues going on that we can quickly just um, send them our data that speaks to those issues, we still go ahead and do it. Again, for instance, in the case of Ghana, for our eighth round of survey, the Attorney General's office approached us and asked us to add some questions to our questionnaire because they wanted to be able to gauge in their monitoring and evaluation, to be able to gauge what people think about um, the judicial system and how much access that um, citizens have to the judicial system. And we added those questions free of charge because at the end of the day, we are there to ensure that the citizens' voices are heard by governments. So these are some of the ways that we engage with governments, some of the ways that we, um, we make reliable data on citizens' voices available for governments. And we hope that they use it in their policy making. All right, thank you so much. Um, that, that explains it very clearly. Thank you so much, Josephine, for that. Um, any other question before we wrap up? Um, okay, I don't think we have any other question. All right, um, in the absence of any other questions, we'll be wrapping up um, this edition. Uh, we'll be wrapping up this edition of the round eight survey. Um, we, we will be sending a recording and um, the survey results across to everyone who participated in today's um, edition. So we'll sending that at the end of this briefing. So um, you look up for that in your email. I guess this is this is all. I, I really want to appreciate everyone um, for being a part of this, taking time out. Uh, for some of you, it was at very short notice, yet you made it to this briefing. Uh, so upon completion of this Afrobarometer Round 8 survey in Nigeria, we actually look forward to Round 9 um, as we progress in 2021. So thank you so much for being a part of this. On behalf of the CEO, NOI polls, Dr. Chiken Wangu, also on behalf of the Afrobarometer team and every single team member of NOI polls are being a part of this. We want to say thank you. But every participant, thank you so much for taking time out to do this with us. We hope to see you um, in future, probably for another donor briefing or for some other disseminations. Um, dissemination briefing. Thank you so much. My name is still Nelly Ohuche, and this is where we wrap up. Have a good day.
Okay, so I seem to be talking. Nobody else is talking. I need people to wave at me. Let's be sure that we're all here. Okay, thank you. All right. Okay, me. good to know that I'm not here yeah. alone. Sonia Lau, thank you so much for being a part of this. <laughs> thank, thank you, you all. Um, very much. Yeah. Bye for now. Thank you. Justine, thank you so much for, for coming on. Okay. Thank you, and thank you for the um, information. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, Atinuke, thank you so much. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. your time. Amarachi Onyabo, thank you very much for coming on. Mm. Um, recording.